Let me bang you, I do let you bang Let me bang you, Jamie, man. I let you bang you. I let you bang Greetings, nerds and virgins. Go for Jesus. No forget Jesus, people. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfucker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for your favorite mixed martial arts podcast. Recording out of Los Angeles, California, it's MMA Roasted with Adam Hunter. Who the fuck is that guy? What's up, people? Welcome to our brand new MMA Roasted podcast. It's me. I'm here with the brown belt engineer. <laughs> Bill Dawes, uh, which is awesome, um, and it's going to be a fun show. We got Corey McKenna, who's the first girl from Wales to make it to the UFC. It's pretty uh, good. And that's like amazing, you know. Is like, there a male a UFC Welsh fighter too that we had on the podcast recently? Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. We have had a bunch of people from Wales, but first female, first yeah. female from Wales. How cool is that? Like, and she started powerlifting when she was 15 years old. I, I have so many questions, like. Started training when she was 10. And, but she's like the sweetest girl. Like, I met her, and first of all, she looks like she's like, you know, 15 years old. She looks like she's like a child. Not a child, but like, you know how girls have some girls have like a baby face? She looks young. Yeah, exactly. And she's teeny too, right? Yeah, she's teeny, 115, but she's a, a little badass. Like, holy shit, is this girl a badass? And throws hard. Like, a lot of times girls, you know, um, they, you know, a lot of fighters in general, they have the one, two, but they don't come back with the left hook. And this yeah. girl has a fucking mean left hook, uh, as well as Jay Haran, who last week stood us up. But, uh, but this week, um, it's going to be good. Yeah, meanwhile, I'm like working with this guy. Uh, we're helping this guy write. He's like a you know, really big deal. He's working on a show, and he hired me to do Punch Up, and everything's great. But we're supposed to do yesterday at 6 o'clock, and I got to take my kid to Paw Patrol at 3.45, right? I'm like, so I'm like, oh, how am I going to oh, do oh. this? What, you have to pick your kid up at Paw Patrol? No, I got to take her to the movie Paw Patrol. I, uh, I, I, like, I like promised that's her. A big deal. That's a big deal. We've already seen it, but like, I pro- uh, but the, thing is, the thing is, she hurt her ankle last week. She hurt, I wasn't home, but she, she, she rolled her ankle and had to go to the hospital. Uh, oh, she took, took x-rays. She, she's fine, but she's been limping a little bit. So I'm taking her off soccer this week and gymnastics. And like, so now I'm like trying to do fine things to do that you know, don't require physical activities. Cause she, it's getting better. You can tell, but she doesn't know. She's like, yeah, you know, she knew exactly where it would hurt. That's, that was the problem. Um, and then, uh, so then I take her, so then I, I got to tell the guy like, Hey, can we move it 15 minutes? Cause you know, so now here I am and I'm, and I'm working with this guy who's like, it's great. And all of a sudden I, I had to clean my bunny cage because we have like a walk-in chicken coop bunny cage. So we put these like hay on the bottom. Anyway, so I, I tell my wife before she leaves, Hey, the bunny cage is, it's gated open. It's open, but make sure you lock it because the bunnies can get out. Lo and behold, I look over, like my cats are having like a stare down outside with the fucking three. It's the three bunnies versus my three cats. Like it's like West Side Story. Uh, so then I have to like, I'm like, uh, I think my bunnies are loose. And the guy's like, huh? And then I like, <laughs> like I have to pause it for five minutes and chase my bunnies around. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> Um, so the got eaten by the, or killed by the cats, right? No, I got no. The bunnies got in, but like my next door neighbor has chickens, and one of his chickens got eaten by a raccoon or a possum or something. Yeah. So, so he tore down all his fence, so now they could see 
we could see each other's yards, and then my wife's looking at buying a new thing. The whole thing. Anyway, uh, how are you? I'm good, man. Not nearly as dramatic in my life. Uh, meanwhile, then last night I had a, a marijuana show, like the show. With the, it's like a, a show you did, where it's like at a studio and is sponsored by dispensaries. Like the hot, the hottest women now have like a lot of these beautiful women have figured out that like if they smoke weed and put a, post pictures of them on Instagram, they're, make, they're making money because these because yeah. marijuana they, they these people they can't like put advertisements, they can't have commercials on the radio or on TV. Ah. You go to Instagram and then directly they can figure out how many people came from this person's code, yada, yada. So Would you, now, about, you, I mean, I know you're not like a sexy woman, but have you thought about advertising weed on your Instagram? I mean, I only have 22,000 followers. Uh, I probably wouldn't be against it except for the fact that I coach a lot of kids wrestling yeah. and I'm not sure I, don't, I want them to see that, but yeah, I mean, if they see my comedy act, they've seen ten times worse. I went on the Tonight Show and said I smoke a lot of weed, so in one of my jokes. So, uh, it depends how much, really, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, anyway, so last night we, I do the show, and it's the same crowd every two weeks, and I'm hosting it. So I got to come up. I'm sitting here at Paw Patrol, thinking what jokes have they not heard for the past nineteen shows, and I'm like writing them down, and then I go, and uh, they're like the friendliest crowd ever. It's like hot girls with smiling faces because they're high and like bubbly yeah. and like they you know have this new wisdom upon them so after the show i'm talking to one of them and i'm like oh what you do today she's like oh i i, I, did, I did a uh, modeling shoot i'm like oh how, how'd it go and the other girl's like yeah show her the video she literally put cupcake frosting on her ass and twerked like at, at the beach like that was the modeling shoot and my buddy was yeah. like, what, what beach is that? Like, I'm like, I'm like, how many cupcakes did you go through? She's like, 200. I'm like, what? <laughs> like the company has like a, the name of the company has like, sort of, I'm not going to give away the company's name, but it has something. I can, you could see it when you, when you hear the name, like, oh, that kind of makes sense. But. advertising cupcakes? No, nothing to do with cupcakes. But uh, it, it, yeah, it's just crazy. Like that's, so that's what she did all day. I'm like. You, that's modeling yeah. today. So then, I, so then she, I took a picture of her and my friend. So I, I had her phone. So I like posted, I'm like, I made like a note saying, I found Jesus. I'm no longer going to be twerking. And I posted it on her Instagram without telling her. <laughs> <laughs> but she saw it and laughed, thank God. Oh, so, good. I was about to say. The good thing about performing for a bunch of stoners is they probably don't remember most of your jokes anyway from, from show to show too, you know? And they're having fun. I mean, I'm doing a lot of crowd work, a lot, and I'm doing, but I, I'm like writing new jokes, like excited the fact that they haven't heard these jokes before. Like, I'm like, oh yeah. shit, like they haven't heard these jokes. Like, like you know, it's like, it's actually kind of inspiring uh, for me yeah. to like, write the jokes. Um, that was a fun room, but I gotta say, I was really stoned when I did it, but you'd get stoned just from the secondhand smoke there. Oh, literally, yeah. Comics are choking afterwards. Like, so one guy threw up. One guy threw up based on the fact yeah, so that was yesterday, and then I got offers to do a couple cruises again, and, mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, it's, I mean, when I was single, the cruises were a lot more fun, just because you had party, and this, and that, and, I mean, you're not, you can't hook up with the, the people that work on the cruise, I mean, the people that, that, like, go on the cruise, but you can hook up with the people that work there, like, they give you- They're all dancers, shit, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, but even that, like, you're always the new guy, so, when they had me on the same cruise, it was, it was awesome, but there was so many, like- fuck ups on that cruise like the, the break dancers were fucking everybody the break dancers were like because they had like the guests they had this that. Uh -huh. 
And like one time in Jamaica, the Bahamas, they went skinny dipping with like three passengers at like midnight and someone stole all their clothes while they were on the ocean. So they had to go back on the ship butt naked. I was fucking crying laughing, like crying <laughs> laughing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was crazy. There was, there was one time there was like 20 Asian girls. It was like four Asian bachelorette parties. And I was dancing with all of them. And they were like, if you go back to our room, you're going to get laid tonight. They flat told me, like, by numerous. And I, and I had like, the old bachelorette party? Probably by three or four of them. Yeah. Uh, and I had a girlfriend, so I didn't. But I, I still am like, oh, God. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I would have got herpes that day. <laughs> like, that's the way, that's the way I, I like, look at it. Um, yeah. Uh, or you could, you could get a, a, a call on your phone like, hey, hey, Adam, we have a little baby. Ching Fao Hunter. That that's you know that's also true. I, I worked with one guy who got drunk, right? And he got drunk and he was hitting on every girl, every girl. His 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 pickup line was he go up to girls. He was muscular. He was on roids. He'd make a muscle and go, "It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen." Like that was his way. He would go up to girl and it worked. Half was the time. Dude, this guy was so funny. Uh, his name was Carl. So one time he got wasted on the ship and he was hitting on this girl who looked like she was 22 and like he would give out his card. The girl's like 15. Right. But she did look older and his like, she had like a nose ring and like, like tattoos. So the grandma found out and the grandma told the head and they, they breathalyzed him. He, he failed completely. Uh, and he got locked in his room and got like flown off the, the next Island we got to. So I had to cover all his shows. So I had to do like 27 shows that fucking week. And then, uh, I was sneaking him Ambien underneath his door because he couldn't sleep. So I, it was what a fucking disaster. So, but his, yeah. you had to do, he, this guy was such a clown. We had to do kid shows, right? 30 minutes G-rated. So he would start the show by telling the kids like, hey, I want you guys to move these couches over here. Uh, I want you to move this chair over there. Guys, do me a favor, put that table over there. And he would waste 20 minutes doing that. Like, <laughs> people didn't realize that was part of that fucking character. Anyway, Corey McKenna is here. Uh, I met Corey in Sacramento. She came to a show. I thought she was someone's little sister. Uh, when she told me she was, at the time she was in Cage Warriors, I was like blown away. And you were, I don't know, five and oh at that point. Now you're six and one. Murderer. You're, a, you're like the, like your, your nickname is what? Your nickname is The Hobbit? Uh, it's Poppins now. Uh, your eye changed it. But why is it, pop, why is it Poppins? Uh, a lot of reasons. I'm British, obviously. Um, also, but, you know, I'm always babysitting the kids, and uh, he thinks that it's he thinks that it suits my character, and he has a lot of puns based off of it as well. He likes to say that I pop people in the face, and ah, I like that. Well, yeah. you, you do pop people in the face. Uh, <laughs> you have you have a great left hook. Is, is, is that your favorite punch? Probably, yeah. Oh my God! Uh, your fight with Kay Hansen was a war. I don't know if you watched it last night, Bill, uh, but this girl, so Kay Hansen's another like super young prodigy, like just tough girl, which is crazy because they put two little prospects together. Like they gave you guys like, you guys matched up very well and it was a very close fight. It was, I, I gave her round one. I gave you round two. Round three, I was giving to her, but there was one minute left in the round. The girl was in Full was it was she was in your uh, in your guard and she had an arm triangle and all you did was just like bridge and roll through and then you ended up on top. That was crazy. 
Yeah, uh, so I actually, had, like, we, cause I've watched this fight a lot, obviously, uh, with coaches and stuff. Uh, I had it the other way. I had, I thought I got round one and two, and then I gave her three. Right, okay. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I, I, I broke my ankle going into the third, so that was kind of rough. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely a tough oh. fight. Um, and like you said, like, we matched up very well, which is one of the reasons we took it, you know, and they offered the fight. Um, you know, we looked at it, we're like, this, this is a cool fight. Like, you know, it's just two of the two of the top prospects at the moment, kind of like, we were, we're going to meet eventually anyway, so I figured it's, you know, it was, was going to be a tough fight. I knew it was a tough fight. I was like, you know, what better way to start my UFC debut than, you know, writing at the deep end. Were you worried going to the, like, judge's scorecard? Uh, I hate going to the scorecards. Obviously, my, my one loss comes from, like, a controversial decision. Um... So for me, like any time it goes to the scorecards, like even if I've dominated for three rounds, like I don't like it. Yeah. Um, you know, pr- preferably would like to get those finishes, and I do always aim to do so. Um, but obviously, say like the, the higher the level competition you're competing at, the harder it is to get these uh, dominant fi- finishes and everything. So uh, I, yeah, I'm, like, I'm never confident with the judges. Hey, Corey, you said you broke your ankle going into the third round. Uh, How- well. I did. Well, I I tore all the ligaments, but I just it's easier to say broke. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. But how did you even? Is that even like a, the the right way to? It seemed like it was like all heart. Is that the right way to get out of an arm triangle? Just roll the person over. Uh, I think it very much depends. Uh, like I I felt her base was off. Like she had the pressure, got you know, going the wrong way, and I just kind of you know managed to get that reversal. Obviously, there's there's many de- uh, defenses, but I think it's very much uh, circumstantial. In regards to like obviously where their where their uh, weight distribution is, I mean it was it was impressive as hell. It was I was like wow. It's one of those things where I'm like, it was, I'm like, I'm not sure you can even teach that. Like it was just <laughs> sort of like you just knew where you're exactly. Yeah, where really yeah. strong bridge, I imagine, right? Like a really powerful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm so used to so used to like say I train with a lot of the guys and everything, so. uh I definitely feel like in those sort of positions, I'm a lot stronger than, you know, than, than I could, you know, than a lot of other people. Like, like you say, I've, I'm, I've got people on the maps every day put me in those those sort of positions. So uh, when I get into a fight, it definitely, you know, especially that adrenaline and everything, definitely feels a lot easier to uh, do stuff like that, for sure. Now, in the second round, you're on top of her, and she's throwing up, like, it looked like it was like a triangle, some kind of rubber guard. And Danny Castillo, your coach, goes, ah, don't worry about that 10th planet bullshit. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm watching that, and you could tell the commentator wanted to laugh. He did. He started laughing. Did you hear that? Uh, yeah, I, I do remember that. Um, I'm used to hearing stuff like that. Like, so that's, that's a very uh, Danny-style thing to say. Um, yeah, they're funny, but uh, yeah, like like Danny, Danny's great in my corner. Um, you know, that was my first fight with him there, but he's he's uh, definitely like kind of one of my one of my main coaches now. Um, but he's awesome. How did you not start laughing when he said that? Cause I was laughing. Well, yeah. it's, a, it's a very Danny thing to say, so I'm uh, I'm definitely used to hearing stuff like that uh, on a daily basis at, at the gym. You know. So do you guys train in rubber guard at all, or do you just disregard it in your jujitsu completely? Um, so I don't train it personally. Uh, I think, I think everything, you know, like, like you have to respect everything, especially at this level, uh, you know, like there's different things that work for different people. And I think anytime you, you know, you don't respect something, that's when you risk getting caught in something. Um, yeah. I don't personally think it's like super effective. I think you just have to be mindful of, you know, 
what you do in those positions and not leaving yourself vulnerable. Um, I think it's one of those positions where a lot of people capitalize on maybe like other people disregarding it as opposed to it being like a super dominant position, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, I, I was trying to find out about you. So you started training at 10 years old. Yep. Um, now, did you want to train? Were you, did you have too much energy? Were you a wild kid? Like, I already picture her dad. Her dad is like an old school, used to get in bar fights in Wales or Ireland. He was a, he was a, he was a brawler. He fought like this. Am I right? Is that what happened? So I got um, you know, military father. He's a, he was a, a runner. Like, he used to run marathons. He actually has like a Guinness World Record and everything for that. Or he did. Someone beat him, unfortunately. But uh, you know, he, he, he was a really high-level runner. Um, I tried every sport growing up. Like, like I come from an active family. You know, my, my mother did a lot of sports as well. Um, and then I was just trying everything. Kind of didn't find anything like particularly fell into per se. Like I was competing in sports and stuff for my school and everything, but there was nothing really that I took to. I just like to stay active. Uh, and then when I was ten, um, you know, my mum mom was going to karate with my my younger brother, and they were doing like the mums and toddler thing. And then one day she took me along. Um, and then I just kind of took to it like fish to water. So um, that I did that for a few, like for like a year and a half. And then the gym uh, introduced like jujitsu, boxing, Muay Thai coaches. So I started training that. And then around 12, I started competing at all of those as well on top of my karate competitions. And, um, you know, I turned 13 and was like, well, I'm doing everything. So I might as well just go to MMA. And I moved to an MMA gym. Yeah, it said you had your first MMA fight at 15 years old. Yeah. Is that, is that legal? <laughs> uh, not in the US I didn't actually know you guys you guys out here can't fight until you're 18 but uh, yeah. back home there's no uh, we don't really have like commissions and stuff like you guys do uh, so it's more down to like the promoter and the coach discretion um, fortunately my coach ran an MMA show so after a lot of pleading and uh, you know a lot of puppy dog eyes and like, <laughs> we managed to find another 15, 16 year old girl that wanted to, that also was doing the same to her coach. So uh, he he reluctantly put it on. I know he was very nervous doing that, but um, the you know the, there's that sh- that show's had like teenagers on since. You know, there's like some really high level guys that've been on there, like um like like there's a Norwegian kid John Bedell, like he was on there at like 15, 16, I think. You know, one of the lads from our gym was on there at, like 15, 16. So it's kind of cool to see like how like that that had never really been been done or wasn't really that well known of like outside of like exhibition and interclubs and stuff um you know and now, now i feel like it's been a lot more normalized um and there are a lot more like young younger people coming to do it so um i think you it's were kind a power of- lifter at 15 also no i don't know where this came from uh so we were backstage at contenders and uriah come back and he was like he was like oh let's let's turn the sound on the tv like i've just done an interview with them about your fight and then, like, so we turned the sound on, and then they were like, and then all we hear is, yeah, so Corey McKenna's been a powerlifter since she was 15, and all of my coaches turned around and went, have you? I was like, yeah. I don't know, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you don't have, I mean, you guys look very strong, but you don't seem like a powerlifter. Like, you don't seem like you have, like, I mean, right? Um, well, so I started training uh, full-time at the age of 15 as well because I finished high school um, and then decided I didn't want to go on to college because for us, high school finishes at 16, but I was the baby of the year, so I was, like, just under. Um, and when, part of me going full-time, because uh, my dad has a broken spine, um, so he's obviously very uh, injury-conscious. So yeah. uh, part of the agreement was that I do strength and conditioning and I make sure that I kind of like take care of everything else. So I started working with um, Powering Through, which he is a powerlifter and his gym right. is technically a powerlifting gym. 
uh, at the age of 15. So I think they've put two and two together with that. They could have just asked you, were you a power lifter? And then you would have actually said no. And then that would have, I was like, power lifter? I got to ask her about that. Now, your first fight in the contender, uh, you, you fought uh, Vanessa, I'm going to butcher it, Demopopoulos. She had a lot of, you were the underdog going into it. She was a, stri- a former stripper uh, who wrote a book called The Stripper Bible. Did you read this book before you fought her? <laughs> uh, no, but I did try to buy it for my friend. Apparently, uh, they don't sell it anymore. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's hilarious. Now, this girl's like super tall, Bill, and like unorthodox and, and tough. The girl's tough, tough fighter, but she's like got to have like four inches on you. And, is, and she's one of these girls that kept falling into guard, and then you would fall on top of her, or she just would, like, fall. Not even, like, you would hit her, but she would just, like, fall, like, flop to the guard. She would jump into guard, basically. Yeah. Kind of. And I kept – Corey, I mean, she's so much taller than you. It was, like, a high-level grappling battle for a while, and I was kind of worried about, like, you were going to get caught at all. Were you worried at all? Uh, no. So, um – Going, like you know obviously my old fighting was the hobbit so as you can assume i'm used to being the smaller person yeah um but uh yeah like like i think this goes back to what you were saying about the rubber guard like say like i'm i'm mindful in those situations i'm not necessarily worried by it um because again i do think so long as you're smart and you respect the you know you respect the position that you're you're not necessarily in imminent danger imminent danger but um yeah like she was very tricky um you know she's she was she was strong um, but she was very, like, say, unorthodox. So she gave me a look that definitely, like, you know, you do struggle to find um, outside of that sort of environment. Um, you know, like, like the boys aren't sticking their legs behind their heads midway through my rounds. <laughs> they just can't. So, so it was definitely, it was definitely a, a tricky fight in terms of, like, just getting a different look and, like, uh, you know, having to kind of figure things out on the fly and kind of just puzzle solve. But um, well, I, ne- I never once felt like in any sort of danger like I know there was a few situations where people have been like oh was that close but like that whole fight I was comfortable like I didn't I wasn't worried about anything um I was just being respectful to the positions because like say if you do anything stupid that's when you get caught what submissions was she going for from guard um I know she went for arm bars and she she did she did try to throw up some triangles because she's had um some triangle submissions she did do that stupid little TP thing around my ribs. I, I did actually laugh at that. Like, um, but uh, other than that, like, like she threw them up, um, you know, and, and she has had submissions in the past. And like you say, she, she wasn't, she was no slouch. She was, I was the underdog going into that. You know, she, I, I think, you know, they've signed, they signed her now. I think, you know, they really did anticipate her coming out and, uh, you know, throwing, throwing something up and pulling it off. But, um, yeah, like, like I wasn't worried by any of the submissions. You know, you just have to respect them and make sure that you stay calm in the positions. And you know. Now, were you worried that the fight wasn't going to get you signed to the UFC because they want, like, crazy amazing finishes and stuff and the fight was a, kind of a lot of grappling heavy? Yeah, that is definitely the, um, the only problem with contenders. Uh, but I think because, you know, because we both showed a willingness to throw down, we both kind of, you know, we, we did our best. And at the end of the day, like, she was – the at the time she was the like the, the best woman outside of the UFC you know I'd already fought all of the best op, uh, like opposition in Europe and then obviously I'd beaten the top girl in America like outside like you know she was in LFA at the time um so I do think like it was a case of like well if I don't get signed where do I go um and also it helps that Uriah's been on that case for so long um and like so there was there was a lot 
No, I got I got to ask you about this one thing. Oh. Okay, so <laughs> I Bill, cracked, sorry. So Bill, during sorry. the fight, during the fight, this girl goes to this, right? This was like I didn't know this happened. I had to rewatch it last night. I'm like, holy shit. Are you watching this? She okay. slowed down a bit here in the third. Okay. Cartwheel. Not even a cartwheel kick, straight up cartwheel. Trying to get a little kick at the end there. Yeah, I think my face says it all really in oh. the fight. The, the, but then you came back with this that was head kick. That was a oh, oh, big kick. So yeah, but I mean that was the funniest. Okay, how do I stop this? Okay. Oh, all right, hold on. Cartwheel. Not even a cartwheel kick, straight up cartwheel. Trying to get a little kick at the end there. All right. Um, now, when she just did a cartwheel for no reason, uh, <laughs> what's what's going through your head? Uh, I mean, I looked at her in complete disgust. So I, I do think my my face says it all. Like like everyone always laughs. We always zoom in on my face uh, during fights because I always like I have I don't have a poker face. So like if I think you're doing something stupid, like you will see it. <laughs> um, yeah, like I I mean she went she. When I did my pre-fight interview, they did tell me that she had uh, she had told them that stripping directly correlates with fighting. So I guess I expected her to try to do something a bit out of the ordinary. Um, but I was I was a little bit shocked that she thought, yeah, I, I don't even really know. To be fair, I was just like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> but hey, she can she can take a punch and a kick. Well, like you say, she, she was tough. Um, she has a hard head. Like, yeah, you know, like you said, like, I, I felt like those kicks I landed were solid, but uh, she, she ate them like a champ, so. No, I mean, Paul Felder, though, was like, a cartwheel? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a cartwheel kick, just a cartwheel. Like, the, like he just said cartwheel, and I was like, I was driving <laughs> while listening to it, and then I had to pull over and watch it. I must have watched that like a hundred times. I'm like, that was the funniest thing. I, I mean, I haven't seen something so random in, in a while. Like, It's kind of like the equivalent of a guy, like, just – doing like a man doing something silly like you know what I mean it's kind of like a show-off move just for the sake of like showing off right it's not well, an actual she, move she like so I remember I remember seeing her do it like I like I saw her do it in slow-mo because I knew she was going to do something a bit like trying to show off and like she she was trying to do something I don't I don't know if she thought the kick was gonna land I don't know like like yeah I was I was confused but hey each to their own I guess no it was, it was hilarious I mean I'm I'm surprised no one made that like a like a a meme whatever yeah like a meme like because that was like the funny I was like huh I'm like watch this like but it was a pretty nice cartwheel I gotta say like it was a good cartwheel Cart, you know like it was the whole thing was hilarious I was laughing pretty hard watching yeah that. yeah I mean Corey, you gotta you gotta make that a meme now you gotta take a little <laughs> clip of that your reaction just going like with your little shrug you're like okay <laughs> I actually think I already have so I'll have to find it I my group chat is full of memes and most of them are me during fights so oh, so funny yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah that, that should be done but yeah I like uh, I, I can't I could, it took me years to learn how to even cartwheel so hats <laughs> off to her now did you train with uh, Patty Pimblett he seems to be all the rage right now um, I've, I've gone up to that gym a couple of times now uh, predominantly to train with obviously Molly McCann but I've, I've met Patty and obviously you know been on the mats with him uh, they're, they're cool they're like they're, you know they're a great team nice guys good coaches and everything um yeah, like they obviously did really well on the weekend, so that was super cool to watch. Did you ever go to SBG Ireland? Uh, once I was cornering my mum on Cage Warriors. Um, and your I mom? Went, yeah, my 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 mom. Uh, She's was, a fighter. 
you didn't want, maybe you wanted to mention this. Are we supposed to know this? Uh, who, who's your mom? Your mom's, is she in the UFC? No, no, she's, oh. um, so she's, she had, uh, like three or four pro fights. Uh, she's retired now. Um, you know, she, she's not fought for years. Um, but yeah, she co-mained, uh, Cage Warriors for her second pro fight. Uh, you know, she lost a, a, a again, another questionable decision. Um, you act like everyone's cornered their mom before. Like, like yeah. this is not like a normal occurrence. Most people don't just say, "Oh yeah, I cornered my mom." Uh, so, did you, so your mom was a fighter, and then she hired you to be the corner person. I cornered my mother in every uh, every fight except for the ones when uh, I was fighting on another show, like in another. You were a fighter before you, right? No, we made our debut on the same cast. Wow. Oh. And, and you guys, we, I'm sorry, I should have known this. Uh, I Googled you. This did not come up. Uh, you would think yeah, that, like. It really come up a lot. You guys searched for it. No, I, like, read your whole UFC.com article and this. Why didn't did we mention that during your fucking fights? That's a pretty interesting. Yeah. Never once in the UFC telecast did they mention that. Did they? Or did I miss it? I don't think so. I, I mean, that's crazy. So you and your mom both won the same night on your debut? Yeah. Wow. And then, so did you guys became fighters together? So you did training camps together? So you, you yep. beaten up your mom before? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have, like, like my profile picture for, like, for the longest time was me Superman punching my mom, like, straight to the face. <laughs> wow. I mean, Why so you retire? Sorry? Why'd she retire? Uh, so she had a, she suffered from a back injury. Um, oh. you know, uh, I'm not taking credit for that, but, uh. <laughs> so wait, so your dad has a broken spine. Your mom has a broken spine. Did you just fucking. My mom is Did you, you fucking. Your parents to the back? Is that what happens? <laughs> yeah. What, what, what are you like? The, the problem child? Like, like what's. What They're like in your room and I'm like, or up your body not. I don't know. So your mom, what's, what's your mom's record? Um, so she, she unfortunately, like, um, uh, let me see. So she won her debut. She lost her second fight. I'm watching her right now with Ella Wu. Ella she Wu might be two and three. She's two and three. Uh, so three there's ever been times where you've won and your mom lost in the same card? Uh, I don't think so. But we only fought on the same card a few times. Um, you know, there's been occasions where, like, I've fought and then gone and cornered her. Um, I believe her pro debut, uh, I so I won the uh, – so I went upper weight division and I won the title uh, for my last amateur fight. And then a few fights later, I cornered my mom for her pro debut. So that was pretty cool. Now, did they ever try to get you to fight your mom? We, we did discuss it once. I had a last-minute pullout, and my mom was like <laughs> – so, uh, what? That would have been great. What, what did you say? I, I mean, I, I, that wasn't going to happen. But we did, we definitely joked about it. Um, you know, we 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 punched each other enough in the gym. I don't think uh, televising a mom and daughter doing it would be the would be the best marketability wise. Why hasn't Hollywood approached you to make a movie about this yet? A mother daughter MMA team. I mean, is there any other example of that in MMA? Oh, he's like um, so. She's so sweet. This guy. Okay, but answer the question, please. Sorry. 
Sorry, so so our gym was pretty cool because uh, we had Arnold Allen um, and his dad also uh, trained with us. So you had like the son and father and you had the mother and daughter on the mats. So it was kind of cool. Um, you know, like Arnold used to corner his dad. I cornered my mum. Um, Arnie's, Arnie's had his dad in his corner. I My, my mother doesn't corner me. But um, uh, but yeah, like it was kind of cool. Like, I think I think we're the only gym to ever have like that sort of, uh, you know, duos in the on the on the team. I, I like Arnold a lot. He's a really good guy. Uh, yeah. way, I'm watching her mom right now. Her mom is proper fit. <laughs> her mom's out. Well, she's probably, her mom's probably like 30 years old. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, uh, I mean, how, how old is your mom? Uh, she's 41 now. Oh, she's 41 yeah, as well. Now, um, those, like, your accent I can understand perfectly. There was a guy that I had in the podcast. His accent was so fucking far gone, for me at least. <laughs> The guy, he, he's, he, I, bought, I bought a shirt. He said, am I here to fuck a boot? Uh, you know what I'm talking <laughs> about? He, he was the first guy from Wales um, in the UFC. He trained an American top team. Um, American John top team. John Phillips? No, it wasn't John. I like John Phillips, too. Brett Johns. It was uh, Brett. No, before Brett Johns. It was a guy. It was Neil Parkey or Pikey or fucking... Uh, Oh, let me look up UFC. The guy's accent was, he could do an American accent to make fun of us. And then I tried to have him do that the rest of the podcast. I'm like, you do that fake American accent so I could understand. Not, not Jack Marshman, no. No, it was before, uh, no, it was like right around, the, he got cut. And he, since then he fought, I think he in Cage Warriors a couple times. Brett Johns? No, it wasn't Brett Johns. He had the thickest Welsh accent. I've, is there like... Did, Places in no, Wales. From, from Wales in the UFC, you've got um. He, he got like, cut though. Cut. Yeah. Jack Marchman, Brett Johns, Jack Shaw, Mason Jones, and then me. That's it. Pretty sure. So no. maybe not Wales. There was a guy in a man. He had a shirt that said, "I'm not here to fuck a boot." <laughs> uh, it's uh, MMA. An Irish guy. The Welsh and the Irish accent. Can you can you pinpoint what it is? No, they sound the same, right? No, but also I couldn't give you like I'm still figuring out my like I can I have to do a Californian accent sometimes when I'm teaching the kids now, so I'm figuring that one out. But um, yeah, they're, they're all slightly different. Like, people keep sending me scousers, and I'm like, we don't. No one sounds like a scouser in Wales, but they don't <laughs> out here. They just don't hear the difference. <laughs> By the way. By the way, the pigtails and the bed, it looks like a, an OnlyFans video is about to start. <laughs> now, what's the deal? Do you have a boyfriend, by the way? No. Uh, how come? You're in Sacramento? You have a girlfriend? She broke their back. Oh, oh no, okay. I, 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 well, I, <laughs> she broke their back. You're a very, yeah, look, you're a great person. You're sweet, you're pretty, adorable. You're, you're nice. You're a fighter. You got your shit together. You coach kids. Are guys approaching you? Are guys intimidated by you? What's going on? I'm just too focused on my training. I, uh, you know, I got I got goals to achieve first, and then uh, I can worry about that stuff afterwards. Good, good. Now, because it's what's going on? Because you're like the only girl that survives Team Alpha Male. They all come and leave. Uh, what's because it was like they all come and then they open up their own gym, or they leave, or they hook up. Or, what, what's going on? Are you are you are you? Uh, Bending them off? Are you are you telling them, listen, guys, I'm here to fight. Don't try to get in my DMs kind of thing. 
No, uh, like like you say, like I I I've known the guys for years. You know, they're some of my closest friends. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just good, so. good, <laughs> good, because you're gonna be a champ one day. Okay. Yep. You're gonna be a champ one day, and then when you're the champion, I want you to come back on the podcast. Don't get too big for us, okay? Because you're gonna be never. Uh, and I love then, it. I don't get too big. About, hilarious. All right, uh, Jay Haran. Uh, we're, we're starting off with Corey McKenna. She's a UFC. She's tw- 21 years old. How old are you? 22. 22. She's six and one. She's a badass fighter. She's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. I think she's a brown belt in judo, right? I don't do judo, no. Yeah, fuck judo. Uh, she's, a, she's, she's, she's a killer fighter. Uh, Jay Haran, by the way, was the only fighter to be in the UFC, Strike Force, Bellator, uh, what else? What else? Affliction. IFL. PFL. IFL. Were you an icon too? Icon? Bodog? Uh, is that uh, Hawaii? Icon? Yeah, Hawaii. Yeah. yeah, what that? Yeah. Yeah, and as well as some kind of prison fight league. This guy's been in. This guy's been in everything. Uh, now he's a. Now he's an actor. He was Don't in, drop uh, the soap. Yeah, he was an actor. He was in uh, with Denzel Washington uh, in uh, one of my favorite. The you Equalizer know, the, two. The Equalizer two. Uh, he's also in all the Marvel uh, comics. Like he's in all like those like Jessica Jones, right? Uh, he was in Daredevil. Daredevil. Punisher. And he's in the new one movie with about Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee's life. Uh, oh yeah, Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee show coming out uh, probably next year sometime. Now here's a girl. She's she's gonna be a star. She's right there. Any advice from uh, the? I know that you're you're you know in your late fifties. Uh, any advice for this? <laughs> I'm with old, uh, man. You know, stay focused, stay sharp, stay in the gym, stay healthy. Yes. You know, love what you do, stay happy too. That's it. But Jay, how did you how did you become uh, such a success, successful actor? Well, no, we're gonna get into that. I don't I don't want to lose any more Corey's time. We're gonna get into uh, oh, Jay Uh Corey McKenna, thank you. Unless you want to stay on, uh, but like, thank you for everything. Uh, you're probably very busy, but you're the best. I thank you. you. I appreciate. Thanks anything. for having me on. Follow us. Take care. Uh, you good? Thank you, Corey. What's up, guys? Listen, Bill, take a break for one second because it's that time of year again. And all eyes are now turning into football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. That's what I'm talking about. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Listen, people, very, very important. I love football. I'm sure you guys do too. Now, head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo equals make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. So check them out now. Thank you and good luck. All right, Bill, come back. What's up, Bill? Should, should, should I take out me and ask her about the boyfriend's part or no? No, why? 
I don't know. I, I feel like that's standard. Every time you have a female fighter, you ask them about their relationships. And I, thought I, was, I thought I was very light on it, right? I wasn't like... Uh, she was, enjoyed it. She was smiling. She didn't get weird. All right, dude. All right, so, uh, by the way, Jay Haran, it seems like Jake Paul, yeah. every, anyone that, like, fought you, that beat you, even though some of those, uh, the Ben Askren, I still think you won that fight. Uh, yeah. It's like Jake Paul is getting revenge on your opponents. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, it's crazy. Did you, did you watch the Jake Paul Woodley fight? Uh, no, I saw a couple of highlights. I saw when Woodley uh, hit him with a good right hand, and he was all in the ropes, you yeah. know? Uh, but no, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't see the full fight. So, Hey man, good, good for Willie making money. You know what I mean? I mean, of course, everybody wishes he would have won the fight and pulled the trigger more, you know, but, um, Hey, at the end of the day, he probably made more money than, you know, any single, uh, UFC fight, you know, maybe a couple of them together. He made a million dollars, uh, I mean, what do you think it is about it? A guy like that who obviously great athlete, great power, great this, but just doesn't want to pull the trigger. You think it's totally mental? Uh, I, I, you know, who knows, man? You know, I'm, I'm, we're all outside and he's inside there. I mean, I don't know. I mean, especially against, uh, you know, a guy like that, that, uh, uh, you know, that doesn't have the experience. You know what I mean? I'm sure he has great, you know, trainers and training. And, you know, because he has a lot of money. He has long money, so he brings in the best. This is about Paul. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I do, who knows what's going on in uh, Woodley's head when he gets in there. You know, but we're, we're outside, he's in there. You know, that's definitely a fight he should go in and, and um, definitely, you know, be a, a little I, bit more aggressive. I mean, were, I mean, there were fights that you had, I thought, like the Jake Ellenberger 2 fight, uh, yeah. where I thought maybe – you didn't trust your hands as much as you had in the past, right? Was that something you went yeah, through? Yeah, you never – you know, I felt I could have been a, a little more aggressive, but, I mean, I felt sharp that fight. I, I, I felt defensively good. I felt like I was countering good. I mean, Jake Jake is, a, 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 you know, a very powerful puncher. So, you know, you can't just get in there and, and uh, brawl with a guy like that, especially with four-ounce gloves. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I didn't want to make a mistake. So, yeah, I, I felt I was a little more reserved. But I felt sharp enough to, uh, um, you know, on my counters. And, and um, you know, I felt I did did more to win the fight. Again, retrospect going back, could I have done more? I'm sure every fighter says they could have done more. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even on a win. Oh, I should have done this on that when they're looking back at, at tape of the fight. Um, yeah. So, of course, I feel like I could have done more. Dude, I was watching your one fight uh, against the Joker. Uh, this was the bloodiest fight oh. I've ever seen. Uh, oh, that was first uh, Goulet. Yeah, 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 against Jonathan Goulet, right? Oh, his nickname's Joker. I didn't know that. I thought you were talking about Joker, my man from Tap Out. I think it's a, maybe it's not, but yeah, you know, he looks like a Joker with the damn hair and all that for sure. Bill, this fight, right? So, uh, what's Jay Heron's killing him? I mean, just fucking taking him apart, taking him down, making it look easy. And I think it was the second round, the guy lands a perfect knee to Jay's skull. When I say blood is everywhere, I mean, it was a faucet. Like, it was on spike. Rogan <laughs> was like, we're on spike right now. We might not be able to. Like, it was. Yeah. And, it was and, where, where, where was the cut? Was it just right in the center of the forehead? Yeah, it hit, my, it hit uh, my forehead, but it, it, it split a vein. 
So every time I would put pressure or grab more anything, it would spit out my forehead like a faucet. So it was it was crazy, man. And it was like the first one of the first fight nights on. So they didn't know what to do, whether to stop the fight or you know what I mean. They kept it going. I guess I was I was doing really well in the fight. I was definitely up. You were up. You know, taking him down. You know, had his back. And by the time I got cut, I was just sliding all over the place. Like I would get his back and slide right off him. Just dude, it looked like so it looked like a Dexter crime scene. Like it, it <laughs> right. never, dude. And then I mean, could you see? Uh, no, I had to keep wiping my eyes. I mean, yeah, I had no vision. I was bleeding, and yeah, it was just you know, what do you, know, you do? He's you trying, just to, he's trying to put in submissions, and the blood is getting to get out of the submissions. Like the yeah. blood is helping the other guy get out. And then they they stopped in the third, which is like, and you didn't want them to stop it, right? Oh no, absolutely not. I mean, I felt I was up. I could have finished the fight, but yeah, you know that's that's not my call, you know. And Stitch, where actually was in the corner when Stitch worked for the UFC, he did an amazing job on stopping the cut. You know, that's why it kept going. He would put some adrenaline in it. It would stop as soon as I would stand up and you know, pretty much throw a jab or touch the guy it would start leaking again, leaking out of my forehead. So I, I felt yeah. so bad for you because that would have been your first UFC win, I believe. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, you were like a minute away. No question you would have won if it was yeah, enough. Yeah, man. But, uh, you can't cry with spilled milk. No, you, can, you can't cry with spilled fucking head. But now, <laughs> how, right? now how light were you afterwards? Because, like, you must have lost, like, a pound of blood. I mean, it, it was so uh, much blood. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, it's, I guess they say you could lose a lot more blood, you know, to feel, you know, really out of it. But uh, yeah, I felt a little bit of it, you know, just from the fight itself, the blood and the emotions. You know, after you come out of a fight, you get that adrenaline dump, you know. So, you know, went to the hospital, got stitched up, you know, felt felt worse about, you know, the loss. So not really the injury. I don't even, I don't even consider it a loss, to be honest. Like, I, because I, you didn't, you didn't yeah. tap. And you didn't get knocked out. Yeah, I mean that. To me, thirty that fights, kind of, never, never tap, never quit. I might have lost. I got knocked out, but I never quit. I was just talking to somebody about that the other day. You know what I mean? I never quit one fight. You know what I mean? I might have lost. There been the other guy was the better man that night, but I never gave up in any fight. And that's you know that's something I hold you know to my heart. I I, I like that. You know what I mean? I feel good about that. You're a fighter. You know what I mean? Well, so, even the yeah. fights that you um got stopped, you were still fighting back. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like there yeah. was never a fight where you were out cold, was there? Yeah. Well, no, there was. I I fought uh uh Woodley, my last oh, fight. The last. And he fight. put me out cold. Yeah, out cold. But you know, that's so, a he better man that night. You know what I mean? But so, for me, you know, you go back to the dressing room. Hey, what happened? You know, you don't you lose a little bit of time. But at the end of the day, if you lose from a knockout or a chokeout. You didn't quit. You understand? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but I mean, hey, some of the guys you beat, I don't think people realize, or maybe they do, but the guys you beat, Jake Ellenberger, you beat Joe Riggs, you beat Pat Healy, you knocked out yeah. Jason High, Jason Taylor, yeah. Rick Hahn. I mean, all A-level guys. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it wasn't like yeah. you, didn't, you didn't beat, well, you know, you beat a lot of really good guys. Uh, yeah. yeah. I fought a fought great competition, man. I mean, I wasn't, you know, for my career, too, I, I always tell younger guys, like, you know, they ask me for advice. And I say, man, you know, when in your early days when you're starting, get that experience. Don't try to rush too soon. 
you know, like I, I rushed soon. My fourth or fifth fight, I fought GSP in the UFC. You know, after that loss, it's like I'm still early in my career, but okay, now it's like now you get to that crossroads. How do I get better? Do I yeah. really want to do this? What do I do to get better? What do you know what I mean? I got to, you know what I mean? I moved across country <laughs> to be around guys that were doing it on a, <clears throat> on a, um, you know, this was their life, so to speak, you know? It wasn't just like a week, you know, a weekend type thing. I need to be around guys that were just already, you know, on the level and better than me. You know, I had a great trainer back home when I was training, but I didn't have the training partner, so to speak. I, I was traveling different places for training partner. MMA wasn't just under one umbrella at that time in the gym. It wasn't just under one roof. You had to go to like, I was going to Brooklyn to spar guys in boxing gyms. Then headed back to uh, uh, Limbrook and uh, uh, Rodrigo Gracie at a jiu-jitsu gym. And then my my main trainer was Keith Trimble, which was great. You know, he taught me everything. But we just had to go to different gyms for sparring because there wasn't, you know, there wasn't much at the time. You know, so, MMA was still, like, coming up. So, Bill, I'm going to give this guy's whole life in, like, three sentences. So, basically, <laughs> Jay Haran was adopted. Uh, his parents legally adopted him at eight, which is, like, would they try to return? Earlier, baby, or baby. Yeah, eight, but I was I was yeah. with them since I was a baby. Right. Yeah. Uh, his his uh his his birth mom uh, is is white, dad was black, parents couldn't afford him, so couldn't couldn't you know, didn't wasn't ready to have a kid. So he grows up, he becomes a, a state champ wrestler in New York. Like state I I remember watching this kid when I was when I was younger, it was like Jay, his name was Jay Hieronymus. So like, you see Hieronymus? <laughs> so yeah, goes, I'm so mad I didn't just keep my last name. It sounds like a straight gladiator. So then he goes. To, <laughs> so then he goes to Hofstra, becomes like the like whatever top guy. Gets kicked out for selling weed at the time, which is smoking weed. Smoking weed. Smoking weed. Smoking yeah, weed. I was selling too. I was selling too, but I got caught for smoking. It's covered. Yeah, go weed. ahead. Proceed, then, bro. So then he's then he gets a, then he's dealing cocaine in New York and running. Yes, Running with the Puerto Ricans and just fucking oh, yeah. Dominicans, just, Puerto Ricans, Colombians, Puerto Ricans, <laughs> just crazy. He gets arrested. Yeah. His buddy sets him up. He's looking at like twenty years in jail. Also, never snitch. Never. I snitch. never quit in a fight, and I never snitched on anybody in my life. So and those, I'm proud of those two things. So he's like, he's looking at going to jail twenty years, right? His mom, uh, his adopted nah, parents, three, set up their house for bail. No. So You're making the story good. Go ahead. So, yeah, make story good. Let, let him go with it. All right, I'll let you. Parents, I'll let you finish, bro. Parents put it their house for bail. Like this is the, this is the thanks they get for adopting this little child. They gotta put their house. <laughs> gotta put their thing. So then he's like worried. So now he's worried that like he's gonna get the shipping out of him in jail. So he hires Phil Baroni to train with Baroni. So the Baroni's a fighter. He learns how to fight because he's worried about going to jail. Right? Judge comes in. He goes, you know what? You're a fucking punk, but you know what? We'll give you your list one last time. You're done. He, he moves to Vegas. I got to get the fuck out of New York. All the Coke dealers, they have my number. They're all paging me. I got, many, I got bitches everywhere. It's fucking crazy, right? Goes to Vegas, joins Extreme Couture, uh, starts training. Fifth fight, no amateur career. Fifth fight, fights GSP because he beat up GSP like two weeks before that at the gym. He's like, he fucked him up at the gym. So he's like, I'll fight this guy. Gets knocked out by GSP. Uh, then he's like, fuck it, comes back. That was your UFC debut, right? He goes on like an 11-fight winning streak uh, in Strikeforce. Keeps calling out Nick Diaz. Supposed to fight Nick Diaz. The big fucking fight. Diaz tests positive <laughs> for weed. Fucking, he's like, fuck it. Finally gets the UFC call. Uh, first fight, and he goes up against Ellenberger, uh, which was like a boring fight. Main event in Omaha, 
He's got to fight M- Ellenberger in Omaha. Which Minnesota. Minnesota. Close enough, which is where Jake's Cold, from. Cold Maine. Then, uh, then he's like fights Tyron Woodley. Gets knocked out by Woodley. They offer him like not what he wanted to get for his next fight. He goes, fuck this. I'm becoming an actor. Uh, I'm done with sure. it. He becomes a stuntman. Be- yeah. Fucking grunt. Shows up to fucking sets. He's not even booked on <laughs> Shows up, he's like, Hey, my name is Jay Haran. I'm a fighter. I hear you're a director. I uh, just want to say hello. I got you a fucking donut or something. Like, now, fuck, 20 years later, or fucking 10 years later, he's the main guy. They're giving him, he's in a fucking scene with Denzel Washington. He's in all these things. They're throwing him lines, this and that. He's killing the yeah. fucking game. His girlfriend or his fiance, he got married to the first girl. That didn't work out. His fiance, I, I meet her, right? I go, What do you Married. Girl. I go, what do you do? She's like, I'm a butt model, right? I'm like, this is this is a joke. <laughs> I look in it. She's got three million fucking followers. She like the great her ass. We have a whole Instagram page for her ass. Like this is all the shit. Uh, but she gets mad when I talk about her ass. So I don't know what to yeah. say. But she's doing it. So here we are. No, the, right. Saying that Jay is oh, my man. hero. <laughs> Yo, bro. Honestly, too. I love – I'm going to hire you to narrate my story. It sounds so much better when you do it. I swear to God. I love it. Isn't that what happened? I, yeah. We could say that. Yeah. It sounds better how you say it anyway. So, yes. We'll yeah. go with that. It sounds great. Uh, I mean, you sound fun. No matter how you put it, <laughs> it sounds fun. But you'll yeah, never, he, never know he, this, though. He never the tells narrate you narrate is great. He never tells you this. Like, you'll, you'll hang out with him yeah. for like – I hung out with a guy for two years. I didn't know he was married. Someone's like, yeah, I met Jay's ex-wife. Like, he just uh, he, he gives you a little bit of information when he's like in a good mood or something. But hey, he's also man, like, but he's also I got two ears, one mouth. I listen more than I talk. Yeah, he's one of these guys, Bill, that like that really like uh, doesn't talk much. When he does, he says things that you're like, man, that's fucking <laughs> that's wise. Like he just got BDE. We're talking about BDE right here, man. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what Joe Riggs said. Joe Riggs said that he knew the fight was lost because he went in the locker room and he had the biggest cock he's ever seen. Uh, And then (laughs) he he said, if you put everyone's cocks together, it was Jay Heron's cock. Stop it. Relax. So, all right, Bill. Pause, pause. Bill, what was your question about acting with Jay? Well, there are a couple of things. First of all, man, I was a huge IFL fan. This is right before I started getting jujitsu. I trained a hands up. Academy in New York, and they obviously had an IFL team. And I was a huge mm-hmm. fan of yours in the IFL, man. I thought you were awesome. Oh, man. Appreciate oh, that. Motion. What happened to it? Why did, why did it die so immensely? I, I wish I knew. Uh, you know, I'm sure uh, it was something to do with maybe money, but I know they sold it and did good. I think they sold it to UFC, actually. I know a lot yep. of the guys that were there went to UFC. Um, affliction as well. Um, but but it was great, man. It was a life change at the time. You know, I was coming up, and um, Randy was actually supposed to ha- supposed to uh, have a team. And of course, I'm I'm part of Extreme Couture. I don't know what happened with him. He didn't end up getting a team. Of course, probably UFC blocked it at the time. But Boss Ruin got a team, and it, I got on his team, which was great. And it was great, man. At the time, it was life changing again because we were on salary. We were on like $2,500 a month, game changer. You know what I mean? At the time, you know, being able to take care of yourself through MMA was still, you know, it was still, you know, wishy-washy. And, um, yeah, I had sponsors. I had the, the um, salary. I bought my first house through IFL. I became ultimately, ultimately became a, the champion, the world champion through them. Nothing but good memories. They were good people. The president of the organization, the owners, I always got along with them. 
they had a great they had a great idea. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, it's sad that it didn't last. You know, it would have been if it was around today. I think it would have been big time. Yeah, absolutely. Because people love to have like the city that they root for or the state that they absolutely. root for. Root yeah. for combined. Hey, it's perfect. And then yeah, it was great. About acting, you had a question about acting. Well, I was going to say, yeah. Well, Adam just kind of answered that. As I was saying, you, you you became pretty successful as an actor pretty quickly. But also, how did you make the transition from fighting? First of all, I know when you stop a career as a fighter, it must be one of the hardest things for most human beings to do. But it oh, seems God. like you pretty seamlessly. Oh, it's so hard. I mean, I get you know to answer that question, I get uh, asked a lot of times by you know younger fighters and all. How did I do that? The same thing you're asking. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, listen, I, I had an opportunity and I worked my ass off. I didn't just transition and say overnight, hey, I'm going to be an actor or stuntman. No, I put the work in. I got the opportunity. Thankfully, my man Randy Couture, he's been acting for a long time. He introduced me to, to a stunt coordinator in New York, Johnny C, big time in New York. And, you know, they're like, hey, man, you want to play a drug deal? I'm like, what? Oh, I could do that. I could do that easy. I, I used to do that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, once I got in the business, again, I'm not a natural actor. I didn't know camera angles, fight scenes, you know, how to dialogue and just emotional, you know, what looks better on camera for me, my characters. So, again, I put in the work. It's like fighting. You know, you, you go to an MMA gym, you got to learn ground. You got to learn stand-up. You got to learn wrestling. So it's the similar. I took it. That was my mind frame. Let me just you know, uh, absorb everything, learn it, and, and put the work in. And that's pretty much, you know, how I've been, you know, uh, working was just be, by putting the work in and meeting people and networking. I, I had to just learn how to network again and, and meet people and how to talk, you know, because fighting is different. If you're with the UFC or PFL or any organization, they promote you. You yeah. know, they network for you. They'll put your name out there. Oh, you know, they'll put highlight reels together of two guys fighting coming up. Where in this business, you got to promote yourself. You got to get out there and take the meetings. You got to audition. Nothing is given to you pretty much, you know. So I had to learn how to do that, you know. Even, you know, I'm not going to sound dumb here, but even reading like a script. It took me a few hours to get through a script because, yeah. I, you know, out of school, you're not reading as much. And now just doing it so much, I could pick up a script and read it in, you know, an hour and a half. Whereas it used to take me a, a lot longer. You know, my reading got faster. I'm getting through pages quicker. And that's just repetition. Now, so, like, there was one thing you showed me where you're flying through fire. I mean, you must be like 50 feet <laughs> on the ground. You know what I'm talking about? That thing? Yeah, you know? the, oh, the high fall. Yeah, high fall. So, yeah, you know, I, I get called for a lot of different things. And, of course, mostly it'll be fighting. That's my background, fighting. A lot of stuntmen or, you know what I mean, or people that are in business are professionals. In other fields, they come from whether it be race car driving, gymnastics, uh, you know, high fall divers, Olympic style high fall divers. So there's really talented people in this business. And when they have a specific job, they'll call a guy in that's pretty much a specific person for that job. You know, rule number one, don't accept a job that you can't do. <laughs> so, you know, I've trained and when I did the high fall, I was training, you know, semi high falls, not as high as I was doing, but I was training and I felt confident enough to do it. So I did it. But again, most of my stuff is acting and I'm a guy that does my own action, whether it be fight scenes or car stuff you or motorcycles. Did you go to stunt school or anything or no? Uh, no, I've done some driving stuff. Um, you know, uh, again, fighting comes up uh, uh, pretty, pretty easy for me, but still 
it was just uh, learning camera angles to sell the punches. So I had to learn about cameras and angles and what sells for, for which camera is around me, you know, which way they're filming, just learn that, you know. And then, you know, uh, um, yeah, uh, being a, an actor, I had to learn. I went to many classes. I still do. You know what I mean? I do. I audition so much. You know, that's like sparring to me. It feels like I'm just sharpening up every time I go in. I seen your you you I seen your audition the other day. You killed it. <laughs> I didn't get it. Should've, they should have just picked up the phone and called you. Like you're the guy. I know. I was like, no. How many how many guys uh, when they find out you're a fighter want to tell you like their fight story? Oh, Otomo's a four and all the time, right? <laughs> Everybody, bro. That goes back to the networking thing. Just you know, because again, this is not like fighting. You know, in fighting, you could be you know, yourself, you know, you could be more of yourself because you're a fighter. So yeah. the guy you're fighting in eight weeks, if you have uh, emotions toward them, if you have a problem with them, you could say that, you know, in this business, they're more on edge about fighters because they don't know what they're going to get when you turn up the set. If a director tells you, hey, man, I don't like this, do that. They don't know if they're going to, you know, snap back at them where, you know what I mean? It's not a fight game. It's, it's yeah. you know what I mean? Different. You got to be more low key. So as a fighter, I got to be a little more low key, but that's my personality anyway. I listen more than I talk. I don't really but, jump in conversation. Jay, I'm not you, trying to meet anybody like extra, like you know what I mean. Yeah. Go ahead. Don't you get sick of all the fake tough guys in Hollywood? Oh, I mean, come on, everywhere. But there is a deal. There is a lot of them. But when they know, like myself, I'm a real fighter. That shit is real toned down. They don't do that. You know what I mean? They, I don't. I've had nothing but great experience in the business. Now, you know what I mean? Day, back in the day, I heard, like, Seagal, though. Like, Steven Seagal would hurt his Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He, would he, be, was like, a, yeah. he beat up his guys. He beat yeah. up his stunt guys. And that's a dick move because these guys are all there to make you look good. You know what I mean? They make you look like a world beater. So you intentionally beating this guys up, that's not cool. You know, that's a dick move. Has anybody you know tried it on you? I had one guy that, that clipped me and – he was known to do it to other people. And I pulled him to the side, but the, the stunt coordinator, my man Keith Willard, run, ran in and grabbed him and told him off and all that. So it was pretty much Who like was I it? didn't have to Who do it? it. I forget his name, and I'm not going to drop his name. I'm not going <laughs> to drop his name, but, but, but the guy know who he, knows who he is. I saw him after we spoke, and he was so apologetic. His eyes looked like they were about to tear. Because I was just like this. I'm just talking like, yo, man, man, like I told you, I'm going to make you look good. You don't have to fucking do anything extra. I'm going to make you look great. And he still ended up hitting me in my nose. And also he hits like a fucking, like a fly, like I was swatting a fly on my nose. It was like, and he directly hit me in my face. I'm like, bro, really? But anyway, that's neither here nor there. It happens sometimes. But a lot of them are cool. And a lot of them, you know, don't mean it. And that's okay. Because yeah, yeah. a lot of times we're paid to come in to take a little bumps and and, and bumps and bruises. That's okay. We get paid good for that. That's yeah, fine. You up but if you're girl. intentionally doing it, that's something different. Now you went up against that girl in Daredevil who was like the hottest Asian girl, right? Uh, who was really good. That, oh, oh, oh uh, that was uh, um, Iron Fist. Oh, an Iron Fist. The hot Asian yeah. girl in Iron Fist. Yeah, um, she was great. She worked the ass off for that fight to make it look good. But she she's was like there two pounds or something. And, and you're like probably 190. <laughs> so how... Yeah. How light do you have to go to make it look realistic where you don't want to hurt her, but at the same time you want to make it look good, yada, yada? I mean, 
you know, most most of the times they have doubles. So uh, again, the girls that are stunt girls, their 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 reactions are good, and they're trained, and they know how to fall and and take hits, and you know, I mean, you could be a little more physical with them. So, you know, again, if it's if it's you know people on the level, it'll look good. You know, sometimes that the actors can do certain things, they can't do everything right. because it's like insurance. They're insured. If they get hurt, the movie shuts down. Time is money. So that's why a lot of people think, oh, they, you know, they're, they're pussy. They don't want to do it. But no, and, and um, yeah. sometimes it's just they won't let them do it. Like, again, a guy like Tom Cruise, I respect him. He does a lot of his stuff. He'll ask his stuntman, hey, can I do this? And they have a good connection. And the guy will okay, go, you could do this. He'll do it. So, yeah, he, he does some wild shit. <laughs> now, was, was uh, Denzel always in character? Always. <laughs> my man didn't talk to me for a few hours when I got in the car. We were in the car. It was so tight, and he was already in character. He was McCall. Wow. He wasn't Denzel, so he really didn't talk to me. Again, so my the way I am, I, he saw I wasn't even trying to bother him. It was even awkward in between takes because it was silence. Like, yeah. we both sitting there quiet. I'm like, I'm cool. If you don't want to engage in conversation, I'm cool. Yeah. That's cool. If you want to, okay. But I get it. I get the process. Everybody has different process. And, you know, he likes to be in his mode. All good. So when he really started talking to me, we start the fight scene. And, he, you know, he's going hard. And he elbowed me once. And he didn't stop character. He stayed in. But after the take, he's like, yo, you good? And I was like, let's go. Come on, give me more of that. And after that, he loved me. <laughs> yeah, he, he, after that, it was, it was like, you know, he was telling me stories about glory and everything else. It was, it was wow. a gem, man. It was good. Did he ask you about your fights and stuff and what you did? And yeah, and no, he knew I was a fighter. He didn't bring it up too much, but he did bring up, oh, he had dinner with uh, the Gracies before. And, you know, he bring up broad. He knew I was a fighter. A lot of times when I get there, if I got the role already, they already know my back, you know, my background or my backstory. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, he knew that. And, um, you know, again, I let him bring up anything and talk. And, and after that, you know, he was pretty conversational, engaging in combo. And then when he was in character, he was in his mode and all good. I knew, all right, he's back in his joint. Boom. I leave him alone or I wouldn't, you know, wait till he, you know, he wants to compensate about anything. Now, uh, good experience though. Great experience. I heard a funny story. You were, it was you, Randleman, Baroni, and was it Mike Pyle? Oh, God. No. Honor? Might have, no, it might have been Pyle. No, it just was me, Baroni, uh, uh, Coleman, and um, Randleman. Okay, so that was it. You guys are all Fucking, apart, yeah, right? yeah. And then, they're twisted. And then somebody was we're like, leaving Treasure Island. Yeah, you guys getting we're drunk. leaving Treasure Island Casino. Some gangsters are walking in, talking shit, starting shit. And you know, I'm already since I've been a fighter, I'm trying to you know de-escalate shit, bro. I don't want to. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to fucking beat nobody up or get in a fight and get sued. I got no time for that. Plus, at the time, I'm training for a fight. So the last thing I want to do, I've been sparring probably all day. Anyway, but I'm with nutcases. I'm with fucking Maroney, <laughs> Coleman, and fucking Randleman. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I'm a wild one. And I'm the one like, yo, guys, chill. Come on. Anyway, we get into these fucking gangsters, cholos, real gangsters coming in, talking shit. But like, I, there was four of us, but there was more of them. We're leaving the casino, fucking Randleman. I don't know what they said, but he started getting ticked off. And you ever seen Randleman go get emotional? It's it's kind of it gets crazy. 
just fucking sweating and fucking just ready to pull his shirt off and shit. But we kind of, it kind of de-escalated a little bit. So I don't know. These guys kept going, but we kind of was leaving. We left outside in front of, the, it was like a valet. Sure enough, these assholes come out. Next thing I know, Baroni fucking goes up straight right to one of these dudes. He was sleeping before he hit the floor, bro. He fucking was unconscious in the air as he was falling. His head, it sounded like a fucking coconut fucking just fucking split open on the floor, bro. I was like, oh, he's dead, bro. Anyway, yeah, we fucking took off and that was that. Well, what I heard but, was yeah. Baroni's, uh, uh, Elizabeth Randleman told me that one of the guys grabbed her ass. And yeah, it might have been that, yep. And Kevin Randleman was like, no, you're not fucking grabbing my, my, my wife's ass. So yeah. was, the guy goes, they were out there, and he goes, I'll give you two punches. Randleman goes, I'll give you two free punches. After that, you're getting fucked up. And the, guy, and the guys were looking around, and they started noticing, you guys all have cauliflower ears. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. oh, shit, that's, that's... And then the guy's sitting there, like, ready to punch him, but he, did, he knew that, like... And then Baroni was behind Randleman, came around them and just knocked the fucking guy out. And he goes, yeah. and then he goes to Randleman, well, you said two punches. He goes, no, I meant he was going to give me two punches. <laughs> you. Yeah, I think it was still early enough where people might not have catch the cauliflower ears like they do now. Yeah. It was like mid-2000s, somewhere in there. And um, yeah, like 06 maybe, 07 oh the latest. But people still weren't up on the cauliflower ears like they are now. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, these guys were fucking, you know what I mean? It was a fucking... It was a fucking disaster, dude. Were you guys laughing? I was snoring. Yeah, we were fucking, bro. We were, yeah, we walked off like fucking Wyatt Earp, bro. Like, <laughs> like some outlaws, like, dude, sleeping. None of the rest of them wanted any problem after. They were all, like, eyes wide open, like, tearing headlights, dude. They were like, okay, we're done. Like, uh, yeah, they picked uh, their guy up and walked in. Now, I also heard that, like, because I remember, uh, and Ganu and me became friends. He came to my comedy show and he offered me, we were at a fight. And he kept trying to give me his ticket to sit next to him, but I, I had to leave. So I gave it to you. Uh, yeah. And you sat with Ngannou in the front. And then you told me, yeah. I'm like, you guys became friends after that. And you said you sparred I mean, with him one time. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even call it sparring. I thought we were drilling. <laughs> I would never spar this guy. I thought we were drilling and it was pretty much drilling. Well, semi sparring. I mean, you know what I mean? I, I thought he would, um, you know, uh, you know, the weight difference, he would have been like, okay, this, you know what I mean? Yo, bro, he kicked me once and I looked at the clock. I felt it, it said, I thought it said 4.59. That's how much left I had. Like, I don't remember the exact time, but it felt like there was the whole round left. I was like oh circling shit. God. I'm like, bro, what am I doing? I'm, re I'm already retired. I'm like, yo. I will never do this again. Mental note. Do not spar this big motherfucker. But again, I don't even think he was trying to hit me hard. He's just so dense and big yeah. and strong. He probably was just throwing it like half speed and fucking you just feel like he has that thick, dense bones. Like, And he's fast. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that was fun. And uh, mental note, don't do this again. <laughs> and then last question. So this week, uh, Vitor Belfort is fighting Evander Holyfield. Uh, yeah. And Donald Trump is doing commentary. Wow. <laughs> Incredible times. Um, uh, who do you think wins? Uh, I don't, man. 
I don't know. I I love Holyfield just from all fights he's given us in the in the past. Also, Vito is a legend in the game. You know, I've trained with him. You know, so uh, a few fights. Um, uh, he's always sharp and, and he hits hard, Vidor. I mean, you know, he he could. Holyfield's old, dude. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't see how, you know, it, it, we'll see the old Holyfield. You know what I mean? He's he's a real boxer, but Vidor is the the young young uh, younger lion in that in that jungle. If you you know, if you want to put it that way. Did you train you know with I mean? TRT, Vitor? Who? Did you train with Vitor when he was on TRT? Like the. Uh, I don't. No comment on that. I don't know what he does when it's <laughs> off time, but every time I trained with him, he felt sharp, fast, and and strong as fuck. So. Wow. Uh, but I don't know whatever he was doing. What do people do outside of the gym? But yo, he was always. Uh, every time I worked with him, man, strong, fast, sharp. You know what I mean? Super, super, super good as a lefty. You know, um, yeah. So, so it was always good training. Well, where can people follow, find you? Uh, yeah, my Instagram, Jay Haran. Twitter, same Jay Haran. Um, few projects coming up. Look out for that. And um, yeah. Well, Jay, thank you, man. man. Uh, mostly, mostly uh, my Instagram. I post uh, upcoming stuff. I love you, brother. I'll talk Yo, to you. Yo, love you, bro. I, I like the crib, bro. I see behind you, man. Looking good. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jay. Thank you. All right, bro. All right, guys. Later. Right, bye, bye. It was Jay Haran. Nice guy. He's great. Fucking. He seems like he, he figured it all out. Yeah. You know, but, and he's just a humble dude. Like, he's one of those yeah. guys that, like, always been humble. Like, never, like, he's the same dude. Same dude that, like, I knew, you know, 20 years ago. And, like, just, just a nice guy. Like, nothing fake about that guy. Uh, yeah. So. Take him. But uh, what do you got coming up, Bill? What do I got coming up? What do I have? What do I have coming up? I have a cannabis show. And no, I'm kidding. I have, uh, um, you know, I have some shows here in, in Austin, the, uh, the Sunset Room, ATX. And then next week I'll be at the Laugh Factory. Nice. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday. I think I got a gig for you in Lansing, Michigan for the week, too. I'll uh, hook you up with that. Yeah, man. That'd be great. Amazing. I also want to do Off the Hook one day. You, you've been there, right? I've never done it. I keep hearing about it. Yeah. Oh, okay. No problem. I got you. I got you those. All right. Listen, thank you, Bill. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Corey. You guys are the best. Take care, brother.